for this tree longer than anybody. I've tracked the legend to every village, every island. Nothing. You're searching for something that can't be found. But you've never had the key. And what door does that key open? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on our website foreverfangirls.com or Instagram at Forever Fanpod. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. And as you heard from our intro, we will be discussing another ride turned into a movie by Disney, The Jungle Cruise. Will it have the same magic as Pirates of the Caribbean? Well, we'll delve into that, but before we do, here is our banter music so that you can pause us in case you have not seen the movie, as we will have spoilers. So, we're in the middle of summer. Yeah. And And in a few weeks, we will be heading out west to visit my family. Yeah. It's going to be the first time we've been on a plane for what? um, 18 months. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, not going to lie. Yeah, me too, but we will continue to take precautions, especially when we go see our first ever San Francisco 49ers game. I'm No? Yay? Hey, you want to go skydiving. Yeah, well, all right, look. Jess did it for charity, and I was like, oh, you know what? If Jess can overcome her fear, I can overcome my fear. And, you know, Forever Fangirls does say... You know, our tagline, age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. So we'll see. Well, you know what? If we do, then that will be awesome. I know you, um, you're looking forward to skydiving again. And I know you're looking forward to the 49ers game. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm really looking forward to? Oh, no. What? Pokemon Go in San Francisco. Are you serious right now? All the battle gyms, all the Pokestops. Really? Maybe I can finish some collections that I've been lacking because, you know. With all that California has to offer, you're more excited about Pokemon gyms, really? Well, not just the gyms, but the Pokestops and the options because I always run out of Pokeballs. I do. I run out of the fruit. I run out of the Pokeballs. And I can actually use the raid passes that don't require me using remote raid passes, and okay. you have no just, idea what I'm talking so about. Just so everybody else knows, I don't play Pokemon, so I don't understand the the appeal to this. So you go enjoy that. Look, I'm going to blame Bonnie and Heather <laughs> because I asked them what they were playing, and they were like, oh, we, we hatched these eggs. And I'm like, ooh, you know, walking, and you get things anyway, for it. And- anyway, this is not that show. Love you both. So... Um, we are going to then end this banter now while we're ahead. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about Pokemon anymore. And, we, well, we have a lot to go through. This is true. This is true. So let's let's go back to the show and review Jungle Cruise, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jungle Cruise was released simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access on July 30th, 2020. And apparently this is the last film that we know of that will be a theatrical release on the Disney Plus platform. Yes. And I know we mentioned uh, in the Black Widow episode, I believe it was episode 39. Mm-hmm. Um, we like this model. Yes, we do. And I do know that since uh, Black Widow was released, uh, Scarlett Johansson has filed a lawsuit against Disney for, you know, th- money's lost. Yeah. And 
So I was like thinking about it. I'm like, you know, in truth, and this is just going to be my humble opinion. So please, let's, yes. I, I'd love we, to know your opinions on this. And and just to reiterate, we don't have any like skin yeah. in the game. Well, we don't we don't know any of the the things that go on in the background. No, right? We we don't have insider information. So this is just our opinion of what's going on. Yeah, this is just Kimberly and Sheila discussing what we like. Mm-hmm. I completely understand the concern of this lawsuit because it did make a lot of money on Disney Premier Plus mm-hmm. um, or Disney Plus Premier Access. And I do think there's a way to negotiate that, even if it means it goes out in theaters and then maybe you have like a two-week exclusive Lag. for theaters yeah. and then go to Disney Premier. I think that in the contracts, there should be like however many Premier Access tickets are sold. Actors should get a percentage of that similar to how they do ticket sales. Or when they used to get like residuals or whatever it is for Well, no, DVD they still get sales. residuals. But well, div- like DVD sales and Yeah, and I mean, however they can work it out, I'm sure there's a way to work this out. But I really, I'm going to reiterate, I love this model. Yes, so do I, because I can go to the bathroom and not miss anything. Well, yeah, that is true. But truth be told, this this model really, with with coronavirus being what it is, with home TV systems being what they are, this seems like the next logical step in development, just like VHS and home entertainment was the next logical step between, you know, beta VHS, then you had HD DVDs and Blu-rays. It seems like the next technological, logical step. Yeah. And I think this is, we're having the, it's kind of being rushed because of coronavirus, because this isn't going away. And there are two films that we have planned to see in theaters Halloween Kills and The Eternals, because they will not be released digitally anywhere that I know of at this time. So those are two films that we've agreed we really, really want to bring our reviews, plus Angelina Jolie and Jamie Lee Curtis. But we really <laughs> wanted to cover them. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where I will be honest and say between flying to see your family, that gives me pause. It's it's very concerning. Sitting in a theater is very concerning right now, especially because... Of the Delta variant. Of the Delta variant. And, you know, we take care of my parents. You know, so there's, you know, they're a high risk. Mm-hmm. Anything I bring home can risk their lives. And so for me, I would be willing to wait two, even three weeks, even a month. You want to give it a month? Fine. But I love that I have the ability to still buy the movie. I don't like what HBO did with Warner Brothers where they just release everything simultaneously. I think there should be an extra fee because, you know, studios need to make money back. Actors need to make money. Crew needs to make money. You know, right? it's a business. But I do like the idea that it's available sooner. Yeah, I mean, just like how you know, VHS and DVDs were disruptors if you will mm-hmm. right it, it disrupted the old model and it's it's just it's change technology changes and everything else becomes easily accessible and i i i do like the fact that we can sit at home comfortably when we have the time to 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 watch a movie you know at night and i don't have someone kicking the back of my seat basically the bottom line is that we we do love this model because it is it allows us to do to see the film on our time 
in the comfort of our own homes and not have to deal with externals. Now, there are movies that you really want to see in the theater because you want that energy of the audience. Of course. Uh, we're just saying that you know this, I think, should be included in the repertoire. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Captain Marvel in a theater was an experience oh I will God. never trade. Can you, you know, imagine Avengers see- in in general, like yes. those big, huge, epic fantasies, I love. But like a rom com, you know, some things like that, I'm I'm fine with it. In yes. this case of Jungle Cruise, I was fine sitting at home. Yes. I would have preferred to have seen Black Widow. I do love the model, but I think seeing Black Widow in a theater would have been cool. I know yeah. it was available, but I didn't feel comfortable. Right. And so, you know, it gives you just another choice. That's that's what we're saying. Yeah. So, anyway, bringing it back, bringing it really far back. Okay. So, uh, go ahead, baby, and read the synopsis, please. Seeking an ancient tree with healing abilities, Dr. Lily Houghton and wisecracking skipper Frank Wolf. What is that? That was my welcome to movie phone vote. You ask me this every week. I do the same thing. Yeah, but you can just read it straight for once. But I'm not, so oh, I won't. Oh, my goodness. Okay, fine. Seeking an ancient tree with healing abilities, Dr. Lily Houghton and wisecracking skipper Frank Wolf. Team up for the adventure of a lifetime on Disney's Jungle Cruise, a rollicking ride down the Amazon. Amidst danger and supernatural forces lurking in the jungle, secrets of the lost tree unfold as their fate and mankind's hang in the balance. Are you good? Oh my god. Okay. Are you good now? (laughs) Rollicking. I'll never say that word again. Rollicking. Hey, sure? that, that was straight from Disney Plus. I'm just, it's just, I'll never say that word again. <laughs> Rollicking good time. Like what we do now. Golly gee, Lickers, Batman. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the movie is set in 1916, two years into World War One, right? And so we find Dr. Lily Houghton, played by Emily Blunt, on a quest to find this legendary tree called Tears of the Moon, which is thought to cure any illness and break any curse, right? So... In order to be successful on this quest, she needs the ancient artifact, an arrowhead. She steals it, goes to to Brazil with her brother McGregor, played by Jack Whitehall, and they search for a skipper to take them through the tributaries of the Amazon, right? So they meet up with Frank Wolf, played by Dwayne Johnson, and after some hijinks, they set off to find the Tears of the Moon. I have a little bit more here, but I, I think that it's find that we kind of skip it because it's a lot there's a lot it's just basically the story of frank and how he how they find it how he became who he was right shall we go into the good let's yeah Uh, well suffice it to say that you know this is a disney flick so it, it basically has a happy ending so i just wanted to say that now we can go into the good emily blunt oh yeah I mean, I just love how she just, her facial expressions here, I guess, and again, I am not an actor and I've never been in the the industry. So the fact that someone can convey so much with just their, their facial expressions mm-hmm. is amazing to me. I love her eyes. Mm. Yeah. And it it really is hard to just convey something through your facial features or your facial expressions. Not facial features. You can't change your facial features. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Emily Blunt in that. Um, I just think she's she's phenomenal. I also, I, I liked her character, um, you know, wearing pants when, 
you know, women really didn't. Yeah. Well, this was 1916. Yeah. Right. Uh, being stared at, bucking the system, being very, I mean, first off, she's a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, she's very smart. She doesn't hide it. She has a quirky sense of humor and a, and a, a very quirky personality. Yeah. She, she really is like the tomboy of you know that time, I guess. She, she just loves to, she's very resourceful, mm-hmm. right? And you said, you know, she's bucking the system. So she is doing things that are interesting to her. And she, she has this big heart. She wants to, to find the tree so that she can heal people. Yeah, it's not about this whole thing, although it, I don't want to say it's not about her because it is about her and her quest, right? But ultimately, but the, the reason for her quest is because she wants to heal as many people in the world as possible. Right. So it's like, yes, it's about her and f- her finding this and how she's been doing research all this time. Well, but the reason behind it is because she's very selfless. And she's also, I mean, she's she was interested in this because her father was. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you're following in your father's footsteps, so to speak, you know, going into the adventure. It's similar to, you You mentioned it, it's similar to like Indiana Jones almost. Yeah, it reminded me very much in the beginning of Indiana Jones um, mm-hmm. in that type of feeling. Um, I also really liked the brother-sister banter. Yes, th- that was funny. It and, really was. And, and the fact that, you know, McGregor is just like the, the timid... Oh, I, I have to I have to wear a dinner jacket. Yeah, <laughs> and and when he brings all the luggage, he's oh my like, God. yeah, none of like- that's going to fit on the boat. <laughs> and then well, he's like, well, that's the at the the liquor. And, and um, Wolf's like, nope, we'll keep that one. Yeah, I mean the yeah, you know, it's just the the roles have been reversed, right? Mm-hmm. Lily is the she only has one bag, and she's very efficient with all of her stuff because she doesn't need all of that. She has she has the. The only the essentials. Whereas McGregor, he needs to have his dinner jacket. He needs to have his snacks. He needs to have his toiletries. You know, and and they're all in like these big trunks. It's like, hmm, okay, dude, you're you're in the Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> you're really not gonna need all of that. Well, also on on McGregor when he's sitting in um on the the riverbank and he's talking to Wolf. Mm-hmm. And they're having this entire conversation about, you know, why, why are you with your sister? Why are you right. putting your life in danger here? It was a very subtle nod. Yes. But a nod nonetheless. And uh, when he says, McGregor goes on about how he's had three women that he's been, or that have proposed. Or be, been yeah. betrothed, whatever the, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it was the idea that he was supposed to be marrying them. He basically was like, you know, how can I be with them when my interests lie elsewhere. Right. And obviously considering the time and considering everything that was going on, I liked the writing there because Wolf just turns around and goes, lies, to, you know, lies elsewhere. Lies elsewhere. Huh. Here's to elsewhere. It's just, okay, cool. You are who you are. No big deal. Yeah. And the fact that the only person that really accepted him for who he was or who he is is Lily, you mm-hmm. know, his sister. So she she basically said, you know, okay, screw everybody. He's my brother. He is who he is. I love him. So that's how he returns that loyalty is to to basically save Lily from her, herself because sometimes she'll get into so much trouble that someone has to, you know. Well, they protect each other. Back. Yeah, exactly. You know, he protects her from 
the idiocy of the outside world, not seeing her for her worth. Yeah. And she protects him from the idiocy of the outside world that doesn't see him for his worth. Right. Yeah. So I really like how they were, they were done, uh, written, created and, and developed. And yeah. of course, you know, the actors are, Oh, they're great. I, they're just perfect. I think the casting actually in this film was, was spot phenomenal. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like the banter between Frank and Lily. Oh, they're trying to one-up each other? Yeah, and it's just like, you know, they're very confident, assertive people, right? But sometimes you you just need to, like, you know, kind of smack someone down. And they, I think they they provide that that reality check, if you will, to each other. Did you get the feeling, and if I'm way off, let me know, but did you get the feeling that the reason they were both so confident is almost like a facade. Like they know their stuff. They're not idiots, Mm -hmm. but they've been hurt and they've gone through so much that it's also like a protection layer. Of course. I mean, that's just, that's human nature, right? Thinking about Lily, especially like that opening scene, her words have to be read by her brother because he is white and male. Yeah. If she was, if she were reading even, you know, those words, she wouldn't even be invited to an audience with the society. Well, they didn't even, when she went down to the main floor, one of the gentlemen who happened to be uh, loitering around said, you know, the secretary's level is up. You should not be here. Right. And and that's my point that women were, they were second class citizens, right? And they're just not, not supposed to be in a man's world. And I put that in air quotes. So, yeah, it's it's having to having to go through that, but still persevere. You know, she has her doctorate and still go through and achieve her goals. I mean, that's that's just phenomenal. But you have to protect yourself because of all of the I don't know what word to 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 use here. But, yeah, you have to put an armor around yourself to protect yourself from all the idiocy. And. The way they go off each other, um, like when they're eating piranha and mm. she's like, oh, you know, this tastes really good, you know, but there's something, what is there's it? And he's flavor. like, that's the blood. And McGregor's like, Ugh, and immediately just stops. And she deliberately slowly lifts the fork yep. and puts it in her mouth, making a show of it. Like, I'm going to eat this despite, despite you. you. <laughs> yes. But then later <laughs> when she's drawing um, he turns around and says, you know, the eyes aren't right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, damn it, I hate it when you're right. Yes. There's, yes. A, there's a great give and take between them. Mm-hmm. Are we good with the good? Because I would leave that to the... To the bad? Yeah. All right. So go Are we ahead. good? The reason the banter is great is because it feels very fresh and the actors delivering it bring a lot to it. But... The end of the film, they end up together, and I have no idea why. I don't. I don't think there was enough there to make them love interest. But I you knew they were it. going to be. You, you knew they were going to because they were written that way. But I mean, you could see the hints of okay, they're going to do that. But it didn't feel like it didn't feel authentic. And you know, yeah. there are some movies when you're just like you're watching a rom com or you're watching something, and you know, two people are going to end up together. But the way they get you there. Is what's important. There are right. hints that are left, and there are there are developmental se- like sequences that really make you feel 
like they belong together. And the only thing I got out of these two was that they were complete polar opposites and that they sort of tested each other. So maybe they could, you know. Well, you know, it's that old adage that opposites attract. I mean, you and I are opposites. Um, But I think that that also what you said was was kind of spot on because what I was feeling was that the story wasn't really it wasn't it it was really thin. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it was fully baked. Yeah, it started off very intriguing and I was interested in it. And I was like, okay, this is good. And it was very Indiana Jones feel. So I was like, okay, they're yeah, going to get... The, the campiness was, was, I think, was funny. Yeah. Um, but then it was like... It was think lacking. La- but was later lacking. on... Well, yeah, there was. But later on, you and I were like, okay, that feels... There were certain things I'm like, all right, that's Rye and the Last Dragon. And then you turned around and went, okay. That's Mend frozen. a broken heart. That's frozen. And then we both turned around and went, oh, look, the guys are coming back from the dead. Pirates, Pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yep. And it wasn't as good as any of them. Yeah. I, it felt like it took pieces from everything, threw it together in a bowl and said, let's just make it work. Yeah. And and the only thing that I can describe that is, you know, it, it felt like an identity crisis because it just couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. At least the way I saw it. You know, that's a great way to phrase it. Because really it didn't, it felt like it wanted to be this action adventure and then it wanted to be a romance and then it wanted to be this great fantasy sci-fi thing with a history. And when Frank Wolf was the one other person that was connected to To, the um, people trying to steal, I was like, really? Where the hell did that come from? It felt like, oh, wait, we need to have a good ending here. Let's pull it together. There was just no development. Yeah. And I think you actually said this. Uh, I didn't best. care about the villains. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry to cut you off, but literally I was complaining about it. And I'm like, I don't care about them. I don't feel anything about them. Right. I mean, who I didn't all of a sudden he's like, yeah, his daughter was sick. I'm like, what? Well, they were best friends growing up. Right. And mm-hmm. yes, he would. He meaning Frank Wolf would do anything to save his friend's daughter. And that's why he was in this whole what is the what is the term that I'm looking for? This whole expedition. Uh, expedition. Thank you. And we should mention that it's Don Aguirre's Don expedition. Aguirre. Yes, for the Tears of the Moon to save his daughter, yes. who is very very sick. Yes, and so that that was part of the whole like summary that I just didn't read because it was long. Yeah, but um, you know Frank turns out to be uh, Don Aguirre's cartographer, so that's why he knew everything about that the the Amazon mm-hmm. all the tributaries because he drew them so he made all of the maps and he was you know he when Aguirre went to demanded the tears of the moon apparently Frank stopped it and he saved, tried to save he tried to save yeah. everybody and ended up saving the um leader's daughter mm-hmm. who had the arrowhead and then they're telling you this whole story like this is supposed to be very revealing and very well, it explained some things. It explained some things. It explained, you know, they ended up in how they were attached to the river and that they couldn't yeah. go too far inland because when they were too far away from the river, the land would pull them back and that's it was because, torturous. That's because the chief of the the guardians of the tree put a curse on them. And that's and again, but, that goes back to the, the opening where it yes. can heal and break curses. But in the same token, it was like... You aren't you weren't given hints to any of this. 
Yeah. Like when the evil German prince or whatever brings water to the people, you know, they bring the water into this hole where four of them were stuck. And I'm like, okay. I felt like, okay, why are they there? How did they get there when they were above ground? Like there's, there could have been verbal exposition mm-hmm. that they were betrayed. Yeah. You know, something. And then it would have been like, oh. Or flashbacks, right? There to, could have been just, anything. Yeah. There just was nothing. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's why, that's why both of us were like, eh? and I remember when the guy walking around with honey and bees all around him. Mm. And I'm like, where, where did, when did he get tortured? When did they cover him with bees? How did the one guy get like, I saw that the, you know, the, the, the uh, land pulled them back, but when did the bees come into play? When did honey come into play? Yeah. The snakes ripping out of the Aguirre's skin and everything that made sense because you're in the Amazon, but when did the honey and bees? And I remember the minute we saw that we both looked at each other and went Davy Jones's locker. Was it Davy Jones? Locker? Yeah. Where they were the, the crew was like in pieces with like scales yeah. and hammerhead shark heads yeah. and all this stuff. And we were like, Oh, that's what that is. And it was, we immediately went to a different film and we're out of this film. Yeah. Yeah. And you saying that also brings up the fact that some of the CGI in this film, and I don't know if it's, if it's just me and I'm not used to it, but the, some of the CGI just looked odd to me. Have you been noticing that? Like we had it in Cruella. Yeah. And now in this, and it just, and again, I don't know if it's, we don't know the circumstances behind how the films were finished. So for all we know, people were doing things differently and they had to do it differently because of inabilities to maybe go to the office. I mean, I don't, right. I don't know the situations, right. but you're right. The CGI felt jarring at times in yeah. times. And there was also this weird, and I noticed it and it, it kept giving me a slight, like I had to close my eyes. Um, and one, one instance was when they were in the cabin and Frank is, fa- you know, he's in front of the camera, right? He's the mm-hmm. closest. And one is rear uh, Emily Blunt's character of um, Lily. Lily is behind and they go um, from a focus from him to her mm-hmm. And the way it's shot or the way it's edited, it almost like the camera literally felt like it zoomed in and then focused and zoomed out. It was the weirdest thing. And I don't know if it was the feed. We were having issues streaming. I should say that there was a lot of delay and loading and everything. So it might have been a lot of people at the same time. Mm. So maybe it was the feed, but it was just very weird. And I literally had to close my eyes and just ignore the scene for a few seconds and then come back to it. And I know that's not my vision because it wasn't the whole film. Right. It was just literally two or three spots and it was always going from front focus to rear focus. So I don't know what was going on there either. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. It just, it didn't translate. No, it didn't. It, it certainly most definitely did not translate. Okay. Well then can we just go into the cute, and and live in this back up again? Sure. Okay. Can I start? Yes. Okay. I know you don't like this. Oh god. I love the dad jokes. Like see there's there's that that's that's made of slate, but it's really granite or something. And everybody takes it for granted. Oh, that's it. <laughs> the area over here is made of bedrock. People take it for granted. And they're all just like the entire crew is just looking at them like, or the the I know. paying patrons are I, like, what? I, yes, I would be the only one laughing. Everybody else had that, including you, would have that facial like. No, I was giggling. Affect. I was like, really? <laughs> 
But it's also, it's because it's the rock delivering. <laughs> you know, that's what makes it funny to me. Yes. You know, like the two cans. Only two can play because they're two cans. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I am cracking myself up. You that's are. Like, uh, You're staring. You're staring. How do I make it stop? Exactly. <laughs> So anyway, yes, I I was giggling at all of that because I thought it was funny. I'm just going to go and move on to the next thing of what I thought was cute. Okay, fine. Uh, Proxima, the cat. Is it a tiger or is it a leopard? I don't, I think it's a tiger. I don't know, but I loved when they flashed back because obviously now that we know Frank is part of the whole thing and betrayed Aguirre and he's 400 years years old, old. they show a different cat each time on the boat and it's Proxima and Proxima and Proxima and Proxima. And they're just, oh, so adorable. Yeah. The the kitty was so adorable. So instead of little house cats, he has giant big kitty cats. And you know what that reminded me of? What? Siegfried and Roy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, oh, they're kitties. I actually got to see them in Vegas. Yeah, I, n- I never saw them. But um, yeah, my grandmother wanted to climb on stage and pet a kitty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your, your grandmother. Anyway. Anyway, but it, I, I loved the schemes he had going on because that felt very much, and anybody who's been to Disney World, or I, I think it's in Disneyland as well, um, the Jungle Cruise, but it's very campy. Mm-hmm. And, and all of when he took people on the ride and, and Proximate, all of his little gags and his... Um, oh yeah, you know, when he's fighting at the bar with Proxima, it's all, it's all like a facade and this huge game and a play. And it was, it reminded me so much of the ride. And that was awesome. Yeah. I, you know, that scene where, where he was fighting the tiger, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't, and maybe, maybe you saw through it. I thought that that was really a wild tiger coming in, but it was like really odd that it would come into that specific place and i thought it was just okay so it's it's for the story well no i was going oh they must smell food Mm. because you know they had the brand new steaks right by the window i'm like maybe it's outside and it's hungry but what struck me as odd is why is it only going after him there's Mm. like nobody else getting anywhere near it (laughs) yeah but it's cute in the campiness because again when you're on the ride the people who are um the captains of the boat Mm -hmm. when you're on they have this campy thing all laid out with yeah. all the dad jokes and yeah. that's that was perfect yeah yeah and so you know the the fact that proxima wanted to play ball and he's trying to oh, fix it so <laughs> he's like not now <laughs> and then he was like you were a little late you're still good you bit me a little too hard <laughs> but it's all right yes it was but all that right also because- led me to believe something was wrong with him yes I, and i was about i was going to bring that up earlier um in that fight scene where he was trying to to get Lily back on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. He had his hand touch the the hot stove or plate or something. And he went, eh, and then he pulled it off and there's and nothing. Pulled, yeah, and then he never had uh, an issue using his hand after that. But uh, that's, again, another flaw because somebody saw that. People had to have seen that over time. Why isn't or he hurt? Or seen him yeah, they, over 400 years. Why isn't he hurt? I mean, and let's be honest, he wouldn't have survived in today's day and age with all the cameras and everything. Right. But it's it falls into the realm of disbelief where I can let it go a little bit. But when the story became thinner and thinner and thinner, it's just, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, do you have any more cute? Okay. So I thought this was funny. Okay. Uh, that scene where he finally says, yeah, I'm, you know, roughly 400 years old. He... 
they Lily and McGregor saw him fall right to his death to his death. And then they find him and then he's actually alive with a knife sticking out of his chest. And so they're they're trying to pull out knives and all of that. And the chief of the the tribe is like, no, I'm I'm done pulling knives out of you or weapons out of you. And McGregor was not about to do any of that. And so it fell to Lily to try to do this. And so they're like, okay, just go easy. I know this is your first time. It's like, really? Of course it's my first time. Uh, you know that it's whole one hand. Do I do I need one hand or do I need two? And then she goes, "Like, oh no, no, you need two. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, McGregor was like, uh, "Do you want to bite on my stick?" <laughs> and then and Frank was like, "No." Um, and then, would you like me to like rub the the back end of it? You know, <laughs> do something. There was a lot of yeah. There was a lot of jokes and an undercurrent. Yes, there were a lot of subtle adult. And you're doing air quotes? I'm doing air quotes. But it also, because this is a Disney film, you know, it has to be kid friendly. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole, that whole scene was, was very funny to me. It just, it just reminds me of how great it could have been. Yeah. If everything else worked. Yeah. Because it had really good moments. Yeah. So that, that, those are all my cute. Can I just say one other cute that was really more like a really cool good? Mm -hmm. The... Um, tribe that works with him mm-hmm. female is, yeah, female leader the, the chief is a leader uh, and when female, yeah. when mcgregor at the end which is also cute because he gets to stand up and read lily's speech mm-hmm. because they come back and tells they all about the their proof. adventures they have the proof of the the tree and everything else and they go all but and everybody invites her now to be part of the society mm-hmm. and he's like it is my and, and oh when they announce it's like a female chief and they all go oh no rah, and it's like yeah. this uproar and he says, it's my honor. And everybody's expecting, oh, she's going to accept that we've allowed her into our societies, like to take this and shove it. Yeah. And it's a huge, like, angerous, like, uproarious roar through it. And it's just like, I love that he got to do that because they only wanted him to speak. And now that they want her, she sent him and he did it not just for her, but also I think for him because he had a confidence in him at the end that you didn't see at the beginning. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's actually a really good point that all of your experiences really do change you. Yeah. Right. And so, and it could be, it could be for the better. Again, it's just these, these great moments in a film that showed so much promise that could have been better. Yeah. So, all right. So we're done with our discussion. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, now it is time for the Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. Okay, so we rate Jungle Cruise. You ready? Mm-hmm. 2.5 stars. We were originally going to give it two stars, but it was it was definitely better than Cats, so we, we, we had to give it a little higher rating. We really should have rated Cats, like, <laughs> zero to one. Uh, but you but, can't give Jennifer Hudson and, and Taylor Swift that. I mean, they each have their own star for yeah. a reason. So so maybe we should put them in like a different category. Maybe. It's yeah. like stars for stars <laughs> as opposed to stars for the film. Well, I mean, you, like we said. The, yeah, yeah. Look, Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson are great, but there's only so much they can do with a very thin, in our humble opinion, thin script. Yes, very um, well said. We, we've said it before. There are amazing moments. They were scattered throughout. 
So it sort of held me to want to get to the next moment, but the downtime between moments is where they lost me. Yeah. There's just, it wasn't fully fleshed out. They needed to do more or they needed, I mean, it was over two hours. They could have trimmed it. You know, they could have maybe brought those moments closer together, made it a tighter film. And it, it would have been more engaging. I think had that happened. Yeah. And, and I know it's not fair to compare it to pirates, right? But Mm -hmm. I read in an article somewhere that pirates was not supposed to work. And yet it did because there, there were elements of it that it just clicked. So, you know, I know that they were, you know, this was another ride turned into a movie and they were maybe thinking that as, as was I, you know, it's, it's another movie that should work. Right. Mm -hmm. But it it had the same formula. It had a great cast. Exactly. It had an interesting premise. Yeah. But it just it just didn't quite click. And to further your point, I remember seeing Pirates, the very first one, in theaters with you and going, how is a movie based on a ride going to work? And I remember leaving going, it, how the hell did they pull that off? It blew my mind. It was, it was good. Great. Yeah. And it was it was good enough that we went to see the sequels and, you know, subsequently they tapered off in quality as unfortunately some sequels do but this just seemed to be i don't even know what to put my finger on it it's like you had the same formula you had a ride people like you had a great cast you had campy jokes campy jokes you had you know that that formula seemed to be the same but it was just lacking it yeah whatever it is i can't put my finger on it yeah so anyway So yeah, anyway, that is going to be our show for today. So thank you, as always, for joining us. If you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, you know what to do. Hit the little subscribe button or follow button if you are on iTunes. If you do have a moment, please leave us a review of this episode. Let you, let us, (laughs) (laughs) you are right there. Oh man. It's one of those days. Anyway, after my, um, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you do want to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. We do um, subscribe to a platform that allows us to read all of your reviews from all over the world. So we would greatly appreciate that. And finally, we do have speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. If you want to leave us a message and tell us what you think. And so until next time, stay safe, be kind. And remember, as Frank says, I just think if you're lucky enough to have one person in this life to care about, then that's world enough for me.